Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. Maybe you've been reading the Bible and there's something that isn't clear to you or you've wondered about or you just wanted to get another take on. We'd love to discuss that with you, hopefully bring some clarity to areas where there has been confusion or lack of clarity. Uh, we'd love to talk with you about things going on in your life or things going on in society at large uh, from a biblical perspective, if you'd like to discuss some of those things and wrestle through them. And we would, we would love to pray for you. So if you have a prayer request, if there's something on your heart that you would like to pray for or something personal in your life that you'd like prayer for, that's what we're here to do. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. The vision behind Calvary Live is to give you kind of a direct line of access to uh, pastors here in the Front Range of Colorado and, of course, on your radio, wherever you're tuning in from or, or online, where you're tuning in from, who can give you, uh, you know, answers to your biblical questions. You know, I, I realized the importance of this show recently when I was talking to somebody from church. And, you know, currently at our church, we're studying through First uh, Kings. And they were saying, okay, but um, it's great to study the Bible, but where do I go with my questions about, you know, current events and how I should see things uh, from a biblical lens and and as a Christian, how should I you know deal with these things that I'm facing in life you know in my particular situation with my teenagers and et cetera and I said, well, you know there are actually a number of great forums for doing that. One of the best though is is Calvary Live where you actually have somebody on the air on the other end of the phone line where you can talk about those things, you can receive prayer, you can be encouraged, and you can be instructed. So this is just a, an amazing show, and God has really been blessing it. We, we've seen the Calvary Live family growing over the last few years. And so I just want to go ahead and greet everybody who's tuning in because there's, um, you know, we, again, just to, to bear witness to the fact that God has been spreading this uh, ministry, you know, um, around the world and around the country. So we want to greet those of you who are listening in Colorado and in Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. You guys are here in this program live today. We also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those who are listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Just a reminder that you guys on Hope FM and on Truth FM you're hearing this program on a one-week delay. So we just want you to know that. We want you to keep it in mind. And you have a unique opportunity in this way and that you're hearing it on delay, and that is this. You can call in with your questions, with your prayer requests, and then after you hang up the phone, you know, you go tell some friends. 
hey, guess what? I'm going to be on the radio in one week from now, and you should tune in. And that's, that can also be a really cool way for you to connect them with the station and let them know that there's an opportunity uh, to listen in on Bible questions being answered and people being prayed for. And we know that God is using this show in a lot of people's lives um, to reach them. We've, we've gotten so many reports of people who say, hey, I tune in, I listen in. You know, a lot of people listen in, but they don't call. And uh, people say, hey, you know, God has really ministered to me through it. I've grown a lot. And, um, and so that's a great way. If you guys would help us spread the word about Grace FM and about Calvary Live in particular, we'd really appreciate that. So you can do that through social media. You can do it through uh, text messages. But you can also do it, you guys on the East Coast and, and in Appalachia, you guys can do it by telling a friend, calling in and then telling a friend to tune in and listen to you a week later. We also want to greet those who are listening online, just a growing audience online today. I got the map of who everybody who's tuning in. A lot of people on both coasts, up in uh, Michigan, it looks like, down into uh, kind of the southern Midwest, and of course up here in Colorado as well as in the southwest. Lots of people tuning in. We also have a lot of international listeners today. So we saw Kyoto, Japan, uh, Chernivtsi, Ukraine. Let's see, who else do we have tuning in? We had people from South Africa and Brazil, Peru. So... Really cool. Welcome, you guys who are listening internationally. Welcome also to you who are listening outside of our over-the-air broadcast range, those of you who are tuning in online. We're so glad that you're with us, so glad that you're tuning in. You're part of this growing family, um, and we'd love it if you'd participate. And so maybe the question you have, maybe you think, oh, it's a dumb question. I don't want to ask it. Well, I'll tell you what. You know what? There might be somebody else out there who would really benefit from having that question answered, and they're too shy to call in. So it might be good for you to call in with that question. We'll answer it, and it might be a way that you can even minister to others by, um, by asking that question you have. So the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. And I am your host here every Friday on Calvary Live. Our church um, recently moved. And so I want you guys to know about that, especially you here in the front range of Colorado area. Our church recently moved. We, uh, for many years, were meeting in downtown Longmont in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is a facility we rented, and we had to set it up and turn it into a church. It was good. You know, it could hold a lot of people, and it was suited well for children's ministry, at least when we started. But we, we definitely began to outgrow it, and we were feeling some growing pains in that space. And we began praying, God, you know, what is the next step for us as a church? Where do you want us to go? Where might you open a door? So we were praying and saving for many years. And just this past March, so just a couple months ago, God way, God opened up a door, an incredible, great door for us to move into our own facility. And so we're really excited to be here. I'm, I'm broadcasting from the facility right now here in Longmont. And so uh, for those of you in the area, let me tell you where we're at. We're just east of County Line Road and Highway 119, which is also called Ken Pratt Boulevard. So we're just on uh, east of Ken Pratt and County Line Road. We're directly north of Sandstone Ranch, uh, the sports center here in Longmont, where it's all sports fields and all of that. The, the big uh, skate park is right here. There's a Walmart next to Sandstone. We're just on the north side 
of Ken Pratt Boulevard or Highway 119 right here, very close to I-25 and very close to Longmont. We're directly kind of in between Longmont and I-25, like downtown Longmont and I-25, still within Longmont city limits. And we, we would love to have you come worship with us. We're right now, all of our services are both in person and online. So we'd love for you to join us either online or in person. Uh, we are, have services at 9 and 11 a.m. And, you know, we're following all of the CDC social distancing uh, state of Colorado guidelines to, you know, prevent any spread of anything except for compassion and love and encouragement. And that's our goal is to, you know, we gather, worship the Lord, be encouraged in the word and be filled up. And, you know, there's something about embodied worship, you know, as embodied people. It's part of our it's part of our anthropology, right? It's who we are, that we are created by God in his image and uh, embodied. And so it's important that we, I think embodied worship is important. Now we understand if people are not able to come or, or they have concerns, which is why everything we do is also available online. So we'd love it if you'd join us. Check us out online. You can find information about where we're located and how to get here, uh, services, precautions we're taking. You can also get information about how to, how to join online if you'd like to do that. So you can find all that on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And here's our address for those of you who'd like to join us this Sunday. Our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue. That's 2950 Colorful Avenue. And we're here in Longmont, so Longmont, Colorado. And uh, our, our zip code is 80504, which basically just indicates we're on the east end of Longmont. And we'd love to have you. We're also You can also tune in and hear our radio program every weekday at 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So every weekday, 2.30 p.m. and also Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on um, Grace FM. But again, check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And again, 2950 Colorful Avenue, Longmont, Colorado, 80504 for our in-person services and our services 9 and 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Okay, let's go to our first caller, Janice in Berthoud, Colorado. Hi, Janice. Welcome to the program. Uh, my name's Denise. Oh, I'm sorry, Janice. Sorry. No worries. No worries. Um, I, I had a relationship, a friendship, uh, fairly new, maybe within the last two years, and over um, the, the, the Black Lives Movement, um, Matters Movement. Um, I posted on something on my Facebook that said, Jesus died for all. That's all I said. Didn't tag anybody, didn't do anything like that. Have a friend whose granddaughter is biracial. Her daughter works for me. She uh, just out and out called me a racist and said that offended her. And I was kind of blindsided. I didn't, I'm, I'm like, really, am I hearing this? And, and I said, I don't understand. It, and um, she said, well, I consider myself a Christian. That wouldn't be something that I would post. And I'm like, well, first of all, she, I felt like telling her. I didn't say that. I'm thinking in my head, I don't consider myself a Christian. You either are or you're not. It's not a consideration point. <laughs> so so the friendship has ended. And so now I, I'm, my heart is heavy. I don't have a lot of friends because I'm guarded, because I've had, because the past hurts. So I don't know where to go. Mm. Well, I'm I'm really sorry to hear that. I can I can guess that you know where this friend is coming from. 
you know, I think this is a really difficult time that we live in because um, everybody, everything's very emotionally charged. And we live in a culture here in the U.S. where uh, people are very quick to throw up their hands, you know, and be offended and, um, and you know, take their ball and go home, so to say. So, uh, you know, I think it's, it's a d tough time, but it's, there's a calling for us as Christians. And I think that the way forward for you, I will give you a few steps that I think are really important. First of all, I'll just try to say this, that from your friend's perspective, you know, just to give them the benefit of the doubt, sometimes when, when, um, when, people, will, when people are saying, for example, that um, black lives matter, right? So I'm not talking about the organization. I'm talking about that statement. To come back and say that all lives matter. Um, now, I can see where you're coming from, and you're right. All lives do matter, and Jesus did die for all. You're right, but it can be taken as a way of dismissing what they're saying. I heard one per person put it this way. It'd be like if you said, um, my grandma is a really nice lady, and then somebody else would say, hey, listen, all grandmas are important. And you say, okay, yeah, but I was talking about my grandma. And so that, that idea of minimizing or dismissing uh, what somebody's saying, I think that, that's kind of the point here, is that uh, it was taken that way. Now, Janice, I don't, I don't know you, and I, I'm just going to not assume that you're a racist, you know? Uh, and I'm going to agree with you that Jesus did die for all. Uh, your question, though, is more of one about what you should try to do with the relationship. Um, so here's what I would recommend. I would say... Uh, for number one is, you know, Romans chapter 12, it tells us as much as depends on you, seek to live at peace with all people. And so um, there's another part of this, which is Philippians chapter two talks about radical humility. It talks about the radical humility of Jesus and that he laid down his rights and he did something that he didn't have to do um, in order to bring us to reconciliation with God. Or let's put it the way the Bible puts it, which is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and he has given us in Christ the ministry of reconciliation. Now reconciliation sometimes doesn't happen without a death. And what I mean by death is not a physical death, but it means sometimes in order for reconciliation to take place, somebody's got to die, which means somebody's got to die to themselves. It requires radical humility. And I would just encourage you, Janice, and I know that this is not, um, not easy, but I would encourage you to uh, put out the olive branch, reach out to this person, and just say, hey, I'm sorry if I offended you. Um, you know, I, I can see how you might have taken what I said to be minimizing or diminishing a very real problem, but I want you to know that um, I value our friendship and I'd like for us to, to uh, restore what's been broken. And that, that requires humility on your part. You might feel like, hey, I didn't really do anything wrong because what uh, I yeah, said I was accurate. I don't see that I offended her. Yeah. I, I babysat her granddaughter. They come to our house all the time. I, I, I just don't see how that I offended her. I mean, if you're a Christian, did not Jesus die for us all? No, he absolutely I, did. I yeah, no, he absolutely did. And and here's my point is that, um, let, let me put it this way. Did Jesus need to do what he did? Like, in other words, we created the problem, right? Like we are the ones who messed up the relationship with God. 
And yet Jesus, though he didn't do anything wrong, he was the one who sought to bridge that gap and create reconciliation, even though he didn't actually do anything wrong. And, and I think this is really important for us as Christians, and not just in regard to, to the racial issue that we're talking about here, but just as a general principle. Let's say, you know, you do something, somebody thinks that it was wrong, you don't think that you did anything wrong, should you still, maybe you're not apologizing, but what you're doing is you're trying to bridge a gap, you're trying to bring reconciliation to the relationship, even though you don't feel that you did anything wrong. I think that's a very Christ-like action to do. And like I said, this, this requires humility, but it's also in obedience to what we're told in Romans 12, which is to, um, as much as depends on you, seek to live at peace with all people. So I would try and have that conversation with that person, but understand that the reason they're upset is because they feel that you are minimizing or diminishing something which they see as a very real problem. Now, of course, at the end of the day, I'm absolutely 100% with you. Jesus died for all. He did. God loves all people. But right now, we don't want to take away from their statement that, that values the lives of a group of people who feel that their lives have not been given enough value. Uh, all right, I'll just have to pray about that because I do not, I, I, I understand the olive branch, and I did reach out, I said, I, there was no way that was meant that way. I wasn't even addressing the Black Lives Movement. I just posted something that came actually from a pastor friend who is black. So it's like I didn't understand. I still don't understand. I guess I just have to keep praying about it. Yeah, and, and I would encourage you, to not just keep praying about it. What I would encourage you to do is, what I'm trying to say is that this is a very Christ-like action, is that even when you feel that you have not done, that you're not the one who's ruined the relationship or done something wrong, the Christ-like action is to take the initiative and seek reconciliation. So let, let's just pray for this, but let's pray for, for a lot of relationships that I know are strained and broken during this time because of the social issues that are going on. So Heavenly Father, I pray for Janice. Lord, I pray that you give her grace uh, to uh, truly do everything that depends on her to live at peace with this person in particular. Lord, I pray that you would provide Janice with good companionship, friendships, Lord, in you, other people who um, walk with you and who know you. And I pray for this friend who's been offended and perhaps um, misconstrued Janice's intentions with her words. Lord, we pray that she would um, have a softness in her heart towards Janice, Lord, that, that, this that this relationship would be reconciled. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Janice. Thanks for calling in. I know that you're not alone in, in dealing with these issues at this time, and, and I hope to be able to talk about that a little bit more as the show goes on. Let's go to Christopher in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Christopher. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you for uh, taking my call. I, I just have a question. My wife and I were... Uh, discussing something and i was listening to um a pastor talk about the end times and the millennial reign of christ and when he returns and the saints return with him for the thousand year reign there's going to be survivors from the seven year tribulation period the believers that survived correct yes of those survivors isn't there the, the, the saints we're going to be eternal just like christ is eternal at that point we'll be given heavenly heavenly bodies and we will be perfect and blameless 
Those right. people who survive, do, are they going to die? Are they going to live longer? Are they going to live the whole thousand years? Are they going to pass away? Or and if they do pass away, what uh, what happens to them? Are they um, are they immediately given new bodies, or are they do they wait until after the thousand years and Satan's released again, or what yeah, happens a, to those a, people? It's a good question, and it's one about which there's not like full agreement amongst people who hold this view. So some people would say yes, some people would say no. Uh, the argument for yes would be simply, you're right, that those who return with Jesus, right, so they, they're already the ones who have either been, died or been raptured, and that they've come back uh, with these heavenly bodies. Um, it would seem that those who are on earth are not in that situation. Now, we, we would assume that then they would die. So there's the argument for that. The argument against that, of course, is some of the just basically the problems, like the ones you bring up with that, where they say, well, if it's at the end of the thousand years that Satan is released, and so that the, these people um, you know, have a chance to follow in rebellion if they choose to do so, if they choose to rebel against God, right? They have the, the option to do that, or so to say, right? They're tempted to do it. Their faith is put to the test. Well, wouldn't it make sense that everybody would have to get to that point on the one hand? On the other hand, it's like, um, yeah, what happens to people if they die? Do they just kind of die and then go out to heaven and then get sent back down to earth to reign and rule with Christ? Um, I think, though, that I would lean on the side of, yes, they do die. Um, I don't I don't really have any. I, I think the we're we're purely going off of reason and rationale on this decision you know so in any given theological discussion you have five sources of theology uh, you have the scriptures you have reason you have history so how people have understood it um, historically which is also called tradition and then you also have community and uh, oh, I'm forgetting the last one oh experience lived experience so those are your five sources of theology that you're always drawing on whenever you look at any particular theological issue. I think in this one, what we don't have is we don't have much word from the scriptures on it at all. It just says he rules and reigns for a thousand years. Then Satan comes back and tempts the saints and some people are, are drawn away. Um, tradition, this view, um, you know, as far as getting into the details of the millennial kingdom, as such, there, there's really not a lot written on this. I mean, there is some, but it's it's not monolithic, right? So it, it goes in two directions. So I think mostly we're we're lit, left with rationale and reason. And I would say, just based on pure thinking, I would have to say that yes, people do probably pass away, but the scriptures aren't real clear on it. Cool. Christopher, thanks for your question. Interesting one, and definitely something which uh, we look forward to finding out the answer to that in the future, right? Okay, uh, thanks for being with us, and God bless you. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. You can call in with your questions about the Bible or your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk with you and pray for you. So give us a call, 303-690-3000, or text us, 
720-336-0897. Once again, the text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Marty in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Marty. Welcome to the program. Yeah, I can't hear you real well. Are you there? Okay, so I still can't hear you. better now? Yes, much better. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to call in and ask. Um, so, legally, I am married. My husband, my ex-husband got deported. So, we are legally separated. Um, I've been out of that relationship for approximately almost two years now. Um, recently, I've entered a new relationship, and um, my new boyfriend um, is really, we're all trying to be in tune with God and really focus on our relationship. Uh, my question is, is, is it okay for us to even be together right now due to the fact that I am still legally married? Like, I do have the divorce, divorce papers, and I do plan on getting that taken care of, um, it's in the process of it, but, you know, my boyfriend and I have talked about it a lot, and he really feels strongly that, you know, that he could be possibly held accountable for even being with me, a married woman. Mm-hmm. And then on my ha- on my opinion, I feel like God knows our, my heart, and I'm really not in that relationship anymore. Technically, I'm bounded by a law yet, but... I mean, I'm not committing adultery in that sense. But we just really want to get advice and insight, and we just want to be in tune with the Lord at the end of the day. We just want to do what's right. No, and that's a good, that's a great attitude, you know, wanting to do what's right before the Lord. That's exactly the great, you know, the right attitude to have. Uh, Just a few thoughts on this, you know. Um, First of all, I'll tell you that I think the laws do matter. And and I don't think it's just my opinion that they matter. I think it's... A biblical stance that the laws uh, matter God wants us to obey him by adhering to laws you know un- up until the point in which those laws might be uh, telling us to sin against him now those laws in this case are definitely not doing that and you know some people would say you know what business does the government have to do with my you know relationships but one of the reasons I would tell you is that having that legal being legally bound to somebody is actually more intimate than um you know just saying hey we love each other and we're married in our hearts because when you go that extra level and you're married legally you're closing the back door to the relationship you're saying that um you know i am binding myself to you not only uh emotionally not only physically but also even legally so all that to say I think the laws do matter here and that God, we honor God in this case also by adhering to the laws since these laws, you know, are benevolent laws. Okay, but here's the, here's the other piece I wanted to tell you, which is this. Every relationship is, is uh, defined by boundaries, right? And so um, friendships have boundaries, right? There are certain things that you don't do when you're just friends. Uh, you know, parent-child relationships have boundaries. All relationships are defined by the boundaries that they have. And so I would tell you this, is it wrong for you to be with your boyfriend? It might be wrong for you to be uh, romantically involved with your boyfriend, but I would tell you this, if your relationship is a friendship, then I think it's okay for you to maintain a friendship uh, until your divorce is finalized. 
and in even a friendship that intends to move beyond friendship. But I would encourage you to draw those boundaries at friendship. Now, it can be a good friendship, um, but I would encourage you not to step beyond the boundaries of friendship. But here's why that, now that might sound like a bummer, but let me tell you why it's not actually a bummer. And here's why, because the right foundation for a marriage is what I would call spiritual friendship. I think that any other foundation of marriage is going to uh, end in, in a lot of problems. And uh, right now we're, we're about to go to our, our mid-show break. If you want to hold on for two minutes, I can finish this thought. Otherwise, I can also finish it with you off the air. I'd love it if you'd stick around, though. Uh, but right now, i got to put you on hold because we have reached our mid-show break. So everybody listening, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is the number to call with your questions and prayer requests, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. You're listening to the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, your prayer requests. We'd love to talk with you and pray for you here on the air. Give us a call, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. We actually have all full lines right now, so you might text us. But as soon as someone drops, you know, always know that that's a great time for you to call in, and we'll get you on the air. We tend to give priority to the callers over the texters, um, but we do want to answer your questions and minister to you. Hey, before we go back to our last caller, I just want to let you guys know uh, the church that I pastor here in Longmont, we recently moved into our own building. We're really excited about it, and we are now open for in-person services. We're also doing online services as well. So if you're looking for a place to worship this Sunday, we'd love it if you'd join us either in person or online. You can join us online on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, also on our social media which is, you know, we're on Facebook as Whitefields Community Church, YouTube as Whitefields Community Church, as well as Instagram and Twitter. And um, you can also uh, find us in person, 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont. So 2950 Colorful Avenue, just east of County Line Road and Ken Pratt Boulevard here in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go back to Marty on line three. Hi, mm -hmm. Marty. Welcome back. Hey, so the last thought I had was this one. We were talking, you, just in case anybody's just joining us, uh, we were asking a question about, you know, you're in the process of getting divorced. Um, you've been separated for two years. You have a boyfriend. Is it even okay for you guys to be in this relationship? And so my answer was this, that um, I think that, you know, if, you, if, you, if this divorce is going to happen, then, um, and if it's an inevitability, then definitely don't postpone it. But the other part of this is with your boyfriend, you know, you got to have these boundaries. And I was telling you that the best foundation for a marriage is what we call spiritual friendship. And C.S. Lewis describes this. He has a book called Four Loves. And in the Four Loves, he describes, you know, d four different meanings of the word love based on four different Greek words. But he points out that friendship is interesting because uh, the posture of friendship, right? So the posture of two people who are lo in love, what he calls like erotic love, is that they're facing each other and they're enamored with each other and they keep saying, 
I love you, I love you back and forth, right? So that's the posture of romantic love. But the posture of friends is that friends um, stand side by side and they look at something else, a third thing, and they're both enamored with that thing. And then they look over at each other and they say, oh, you too? You also love this thing? I thought I was the only one. And that's when friendship takes place. Now, think about that thing. If that thing that you're both looking at is Jesus, that is the foundation for a successful marriage. That's the idea of the cord of three strands that's not quickly broken. So you guys want to have your posture being you two not so much enamored with each other, but enamored with Jesus. And my point is that you can have that, you can develop that as friends. And I would encourage you to keep those friendship boundaries at this point in your life. Okay, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And then also, my boyfriend's here with me. We're both on the line. Um, hey there. Yeah. Um, he's wondering about um, when he possibly can get baptized. Like, are you guys going to do any baptism soon? Or Yeah, so I'm sure that... Um, so our church is up here in Longmont, and we are... We, we actually had a baptism planned for, I think, maybe even this Sunday, but it's currently on hold right now. We will be doing one soon, and we'd love to have you guys come up for it, but I see that you're in Denver. I'm not sure which part of Denver you're in, but Longmont might be a bit far for you. Um, you know, um, I would... Oh, go ahead. We were kind of looking at uh, Calvary Outreach because uh, I stay within a mile of there. Okay, cool. The Calvary yeah. Outreach of Aurora. Okay, like in Calvary, Calvary Church in Aurora? Is that, I Correct. assume that's what you, oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know their schedule, but um, I would definitely encourage you. I think no matter what, one of the best things you can do is to go into the church and after service, connect with one of their staff members or volunteers, get that, you know, make a point of contact with them, start having that conversation and they might have a baptism preparation class or something like that. And that would be a great place for you to get connected. And also, you know, I think it's going to be really important for you guys as a couple or even as friends, right, as we're saying to stay on that level, um, to, to be developing this relationship with Jesus um, by having a fellowship where you, you not only attend, but where people know you and they know your story. That's going to be really helpful. So I would encourage you, yeah, check out Calvary Church in Aurora. That sounds like a great place to start. Awesome. Thank you very much, Pastor. You bet. God bless you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. So with that call ending, we have one open line. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to... Our next caller, Sandy in Baltimore. Hi, Sandy. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I um, was telling you before that I was returning calls about, um, I called three different times for prayer requests for my coworker's son uh, who had the heart cancer. And I just wanted to give an update that um, to let everyone know that he did pass away. Okay. And he was 23. Um, part of the treatment he received ended up paralyzing his spine, which ended up making him paralyzed. Mm -hmm. So just prayers for the family uh, that I'm able to help them through this with just being there for them. And um, 
you know, it's just a hard time for them. And I just really would appreciate uplifting the Russell family and, um, you know, just, just to get, help get them through this. We know he's on the other side of glory. He's walking, and he is perfect. Mm-hmm. And they know it as well, but it's still, it's, it, it just hurts. Yeah. Well, let's pray for him. Heavenly Father, we lift up the Russell family to you, and we're so saddened to hear about Brad's passing away. Lord, we trust in you, and we, we ask that you would help the Russell family as they process his loss. Lord, as they grieve, not as those who have no hope, but they grieve as those who have hope, and yet it's still grieving. It's still the loss of something. It's still the realization that we're faced with something that is not the way it was meant to be. We weren't created for darkness and death. We were created for light and life. Lord, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the hope of a better resurrection, as Hebrews 11 says. A resurrection is more than just the healing of our bodies now. It's just more than just um, recovery from illness. It's actually new life forever. And so, Lord, thank you for that promise of the gospel. May we cling to it and may we hold on to it in hope as we grieve these tears. We, we weep for ourselves because we miss people who are taken from our lives. And in this case, the Russell family missing their son, Brad. But, Lord, I pray that you would help them to grieve in hope, in hope and having that sure hope of knowing that they will embrace him again. They will dance with him again. Lord, thank you for the hope of the gospel. We pray that it would be very real in their hearts. And you would, Lord, you would take their hand and you would walk them through this difficult time. I know there will be waves of emotion. There'll be times when, times when it, it seems they're, they're trusting and they're doing okay. And there will be other times when perhaps they question and they struggle. So Lord, please give them grace to go through these times as they grieve in hope. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Jesus' name. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You bet, Sandy. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to talk with you. And we'd love to talk about the Bible. So feel free to give us uh, a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Joe in Lancaster, PA. Hey, Joe, welcome to the program. Thank you. What's going on? Okay, uh, so when my wife and I got married, we um, were not saved and uh, since the, in the 13 years. Um, I recently uh, came to know the Lord or come back to Him about six years ago. Uh, since then, um, she's basically resisted, and so it's been a hard struggle. But I think it's uh, more for me to pray for me that that I increase in my faith, that God's going to save her, and she's going to come to know the Lord. I just pray also that cover your prayer about uh, removing the blind, the blinders from her eyes. Mm-hmm. Very smart, intelligent, academic wise, and um, you know it's like the conversation we had is that you know she believes that there's there's no heaven, there's no hell. She's not a sinner. There's no there's no Jesus. There's it's all a fake story. It's good for the kids. It's good for you. I'm glad that you think that that's way you know that that's true. But 
not for me. And it's a big struggle in, in the home. And it's uh, basically a house divided. So I'm asking for peace and patience and the blindness yeah. to be taken off for, for her. Okay. That's a great prayer. Let's pray that. Heavenly Father, we lift up our brother Joe. Lord, thank you that um, he has this community of people that he can reach out to. It's like a family. We lift up each other. We strengthen or we, we ask for prayer or we ask that you would strengthen each other or we, we support each other. I thank you that Joe has this family to reach out to, even though uh, his wife is not uh, on board with that. Lord, we do pray for him that you would give him patience, Lord. Um, patience towards his wife. Give him grace towards her. Lord, as, as Paul said to the Colossians, let your words always be filled with grace as if seasoned with salt. And so, Lord, we, we pray that you'd help Joe to have wisdom for how to find those connection points in, in ways in which he can bear witness to the truth in a way that his wife will receive it. And Lord, we pray for his kids that as they're in the midst of this, Lord, they would, uh, it can be confusing, you know, when dad says one thing and mom says something else. Lord, we pray for the kids that they would know you, that they would see your work uh, at work in their family's life, in their dad's life, that they would see the difference that you're making uh, being a follower and disciple of Jesus uh, in their dad's life. And Lord, that would have a lasting impact on their lives. Lord, we pray for Joe's wife. Lord, we pray that she would be saved. We pray that you'd remove the blinders, Lord, from her eyes. Think about Paul the Apostle and just having scales fall from his eyes is just such a metaphorical way of thinking about this because you say in Acts, Lord, that seeing they don't see and hearing they don't understand. And we, we know that that's the case with Joe's wife. We know it's the case with many of our loved ones. Um, and so, Lord, we pray for Joe's wife, Lord, that you would remove the barriers, that you would bind the enemy in the ways that he wants to twist, distract, uh, destroy, Lord, that you would um, take his wife, Lord, call her to yourself and make her yours, we pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that she would uh, respond in faith to the gospel. And Lord, we pray for Joe, just strengthen him, give him endurance, uh, not only to pray for his wife, but to, to live in this home. Um, I'm sure that he loves his wife, but uh, I, it would be so glorious to have this in common, to have this shared faith, that, like we were talking about earlier, to be looking at Jesus standing side by, side by side. So Lord, we pray that that would be realized. And Lord, what seems impossible right now, Lord, you know that it's absolutely a possibility with you. You are the God for whom all things are possible. So Lord, we ask that if you could split the Red Sea, Lord, if you could do miracles, you know, make the blind to see and the deaf to hear and the lame to walk, Lord, it would be uh, not beyond your abilities Lord, to bring Joe's wife to a relationship with you. And so, Lord, we ask that you would do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it. my pleasure, Joe. God bless you. That's a, that's a tough position to be in. We're praying for you. Thank you very much. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts here on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We want to pray for you. We want to answer those questions. Hey, I wanted to make a quick comment before we go to our next caller on our discussion with Sandy. We were talking about the loss of a co-worker's son and praying for that. Uh, this coming Sunday at the church where I pastor at Whitefields Church in Longmont, 
Um, I'm teaching a passage which, um, you know, I was, as I was praying for her, I was thinking about this passage. I'm teaching First Kings, teaching through First Kings. Right now we're in First Kings 17, and we've slowed down radically as we've gotten to chapter 17 of First Kings because this is where we get into the study of the life of Elijah, the prophet. And one of the first things we see in Elijah's life is that he's called by God to you know, speak truth to power, right? So he goes and he tells King Ahab, who worships Baal, he tells him it's not going to rain. Now that's interesting because Baal was the god of rain. And so what, what he's doing is he's challenging the, the fact that Baal, he's trying to show that Baal is not God at all. That it's not Baal who sends the rain, it's God, Yahweh who sends the rain. But then after that, God sends him to this woman who provides for him. This woman's actually a Gentile, but through the experience of providing for Elijah and having Elijah in her home, she becomes a believer and she's seeing God's miraculous provision every single day as they eat their food and God provides them miraculously with food. But then one day her son dies and, uh, and then Elijah is able to pray for the son and he is raised back to life. But what's so interesting about this is that this story is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And it says that some people by faith received their dead back from death and into life. And it's actually a reference to this story in, in 1 Kings 17, the widow of Zarephath and her son. But here's what's, here's what's really interesting that I want to bring your attention to. The next verse says, And there were others who didn't receive their dead back from, from death, but their hope was in a better resurrection. In other words, think about this. The widow of Zarephath, her son was healed from death um, but then he, he's not like around today, right? Like you can't call him on the phone. You can't text him. You can't hit him up on, on Messenger or something, right? Why? Because he's dead now. See, he, he was revived. He was healed. He was resurrected. But then he died again. Our hope in the gospel is in more than just temporal, temporary healing or a temporary relief from suffering. Our hope in the gospel is for the end of suffering once and for all. That's what we have in Jesus because he died and resurrected for us. And so I just want to encourage you guys with that thought. Let's go to our next caller, Olga in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Olga. Welcome to the program. Yes, Pastor. I'm calling you to to help me to pray and also if I can get an advice because my son called about an hour ago. He picked up the kids from the week that she, they, they spent with their mom. And this is the fifth time that the mom beat the child, the, the oldest boy, you know, has bruises in the leg and the arm. And uh, and my son wants to call social service, and I told him no to. Mm. Yeah, this is the fifth time she's done it every time they're with her. I just want you to help me pray. Yeah. So this, this boy doesn't have to go through that. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. I really don't know. Uh, Olga, can I ask why you don't want to call social services? Because to me, that would be the right move. Well, she is mean. She likes to lie. She can make up things for her, for my son. Mm. She lies through her through her teeth when, th when they went for their divorce. Everything that was in the paper, she lies. She even... She even said she didn't have a boyfriend, and my son had a a picture that she was already going out with somebody, and the judge said, you know, 
how can you forget such a thing that you were dating someone when you did it several times? She's, when the judge saw what my son had, she said, well, I forgot about it. So I'm just, I just don't want her to go. I don't know what she's going to do to my son. Accuse her for things okay. that doesn't exist. I don't know. I just okay. don't think that is the right thing. You know, this is the fifth time and the the days, the times before, I said, "Don't let's pray about it." Okay. But this time, he said, "Mom, I'm waiting. What do you want me to do?" Yeah. So Olga, we, I'm going to pray for you right now. But I do just want to say that I think in this case, um, I think it's worth the risk of of her lying. To um, we we really need to report this. In fact, I think that if you don't report it, then um, we may have an obligation to report it. Um, by just knowing about it. So let's, um, let's pray for her. But I really want to encourage you to, to encourage your son to report it too, especially if he wants to. I would not discourage him from reporting it. It's, it's for the good of the, of the child. So let's pray for him though. And let's pray for your son and for you. Heavenly Father, we um, pray for Olga. She needs so much wisdom right now. She needs so much strength and um, Lord, we pray that as this goes to child services, and Lord, first of all, we do pray that it, that it would, that it would go to authorities who are your instruments for justice, Lord, you say in your word. So Lord, we pray that this would go to the authorities who will um, do the right thing. We pray that as it does, that truth would be clear. Lord, that uh, lies would not win the day. Lord, that you would help the authorities to differentiate between who's telling the truth and who's lying. And Lord, we pray that, um, that truly these children, or this child in particular, would be helped. Um, Lord, we pray for this child's safety, pray for this child's well-being, and we pray for this child's spiritual and emotional health as well, as this is something horrible to have to deal with. But I know that Olga, Lord, she, she's seeking you about this, and she's praying. And Lord, I know she's wanting your intervention. And so, Lord, we also ask for that. Lord, we pray that you would intervene in this situation and bring about justice and bring about protection for this child. But Lord, we, we pray that you would use uh, whatever avenues, whether that is the legal avenues and the child services avenues or whether it's another. But Lord, we do ask for protection for the child and for um, for justice to be done in this situation. Lord, give Olga, give her son courage and wisdom to act and do the right thing here. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Olga, thank you for calling in. And I know that uh, we're going to get some information from you so that we can help you to do uh, the right thing with reporting this. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Nick Cady, Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air today. Give us a call with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. Let's go to Alex in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the program. Hello. Um, that's uh, amazing to be able to just hear that you guys are in the study of Kings, First Kings. Yeah. It's just uh, it's been coming up quite a bit for me these past uh, couple couple days. I'd say about a week now, and it's just been really catching my attention a lot. And I feel like I should really listen to what God is trying to tell me. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I really had a, a question. Um, <clears throat> so I was reading, and I can't remember. I think it was First Kings chapter nineteen, um, 
where it, it mentions that there is a still voice. So before that, obviously, it, it says that the Lord came, the word, uh, the, the angel touched him and spoke to him. So it happened a couple times, a few times. And then it mentions about this still voice telling him, Elijah, what are you doing here? So I, I just, I was really, and my, I thought that I understood that that was actually the spirit speaking to him mm-hmm. at that moment when, uh, when the, the, the still voice, the still calm voice talked to him. And I was wondering if that's something that I might not be correct about, or if it was actually still the angel of the Lord speaking to him. Yeah. Good question. Um, so I'll, I'll just look at the passage. Yeah, you're right. It's in chapter 19. Elijah is fleeing from Jezebel, the queen, who wants to kill him after his you know, big victory over the prophets of Baal in chapter 18, Mount, Mount Carmel, right, with the fire coming down from heaven and everything. So he runs, and, and God leads him. But hey, you know what? This isn't even the first time that God has led him. There's actually even more times where God leads him. And, uh, you know, for example, in chapter 17, it says the word of the Lord came to him. This is the way it's phrased. The word of the Lord came to him. And, and really the big deal in chapter 19 is that Elijah gets really depressed and God ministers to him. And uh, I'm trying to see there. It says, yeah, an angel touched him and talked to him in the one case. Now we could get into a discussion about what that is because that might be interesting as well. But it does seem that it is the Lord who passes by. And he says the Lord was not in the whirlwind, right? So it wasn't in the whirlwind. It wasn't in the earthquake. It wasn't in the fire. But it was in a low whisper, the still, small voice. And what that required Elisha to do was to quiet down and be still, right? And listen to the Lord. And that you know, goes along with you know, other passages in the Bible that talk about being still and knowing that he is God. Now, I think there are several ways there that God speaks to Elijah. And I think that's, that it itself is exactly the key that we need to see. So how did God speak to Elijah? Well, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. We don't know what that means exactly. We, we assume that what that means is that it was a prompting from the Lord, not an audible voice, right? Like, so sometimes you just know in your heart, in your mind, it's not an audible sound, but you know that God is telling you a message, a thought, a direction to go. And yeah, that can be the leading and the prompting of the Spirit. You know, as Jesus said in John's Gospel, God is Spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in Spirit and truth. So God, you know, God as Spirit speaks to our spirit. That's how He speaks to us. Um, Also, He speaks to this angel. Now, I said for a second ago that maybe we can talk for a second about what this angel is. And You know, throughout the Bible, we see what are called theophanies, Christophanies. These are appearances of God, but we also call them Christophanies because we would say that Jesus, as the image of the invisible God, anytime we see God appearing, like in John chapter 1, it says no one has ever seen God, but the only God, right, Jesus Christ, the only God has made him known. So what that's saying is this, that, of course, Jesus as the second person of the Trinity is fully God. And yet no one has ever seen God, the Father. They've seen Jesus, who himself is God. So there's a, there's a whole 
you know, inquiry into this that we can make that says, if this person appeared to Elijah and it's used interchangeably, the angel of the Lord and the Lord spoke to Elijah, then is this perhaps an appearance of Jesus before he was born in Bethlehem as a baby, Jesus appearing in the Old Testament, ministering to somebody, you know, and that's why it's used interchangeably. The angel of the Lord spoke and the Lord spoke. Uh, we see examples of this in Genesis, for example, with um, Jacob and with Isaac and other people like that. So it is worth uh, taking note of. Um, if I was going to say one way or the other, here's my opinion. I do think this is an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament ministering to Elijah. Um, so that's my take on it. I mean, as you were speaking to me about this, yeah, it just came to my thought that the, the Spirit was here after Jesus did his sacrifice for us. So that makes sense that, that it could be the appearance of his, of himself being there. Well, and let's be clear that um, we, we don't want to be modalists, right? So modalists would say that God appears in different modes at different times. And there's, there's another form of this, too, in which you say that God, you know, sometimes the Father appears, sometimes the Son appears, sometimes the Spirit appears. No, we don't believe that. We look at Jesus' baptism. They all appear at the same time. So this could have been the Spirit. We're not negating that. Hey, I've got to let you go. You've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church, Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. And we'd love to have you this Sunday in person and online. In-person services, 2950 Colorful Avenue, Longmont. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.